Welcome to Currents, your leading global voice of maternal feminism. As maternal feminists, we are inviting you to join us, using our voices in the public square for the things that deeply matter, our faith, our families, and our maternal identities. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers and women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in our homes, our communities, and our world. Welcome. I'm Dana Robb, and joining me today is Carolina Allen, founder of Big Ocean. We're here to talk with Sharon Slater, founder of Family Watch International. She's done some phenomenal work at the UN, so we thought she would be the perfect person to talk about the model of powerful impact at the global level. But first of all, Carol, talk to us a little bit about this model of powerful impact. Yeah, so these past few episodes, we've discussed the power that women have within all these different spheres of influence. And so the power that we have as we connect with God first, and then that first profound ripple effect that comes from that is how that empowerment is shown in our families. And then after that is communities. And then after that, it just ripples outward to eventually impact at the global level, which is why Sharon Slater is such a big hero to me. And why her work is so phenomenal is that she's been able to impact all these different ripples and, and really impacting now at this global stage. And Sharon, you're just an amazing inspiration with all that you've been able to accomplish with your organization, Family Watch International. And Sharon rubs shoulders with people like, you know, the president of Hungary and, you know, big high leaders of nations. And she gets to impact them as, as they stand for the family at the international level. So Sharon, do you want to share a little bit about about you and and your work with Family Watch? Sure. Well, first and foremost, I'm a mom. I have seven children and we just had our 20th grandchild. So I consider that my most important role. But in my career, I am the president of Family Watch International. It's a nonprofit organization that has something called consultative status at the United Nations. The same thing as Big Ocean. And before I talk more about me, I'd like to say Carolina has taken the international scene by storm as well with her big ocean women and putting on events and spreading education and and helping women stand for their rights and protection of their family and their homes and their children. So I'd first of all like to thank you for all that you are doing and sending these ripples and waves and across the world through the United Nations. So you have consultative status as well. But Family Watch has been in existence since 1999. So we were, we've been working at the United Nations and creating relationships with governments to the point now that we are advising multiple governments. We've advised over 85 governments at different times. We hold an annual global family policy forum each year where we have about 80 governments present and lots of, of our government leaders that are ambassadors or negotiators for their countries and we help them and equip them with the knowledge and understanding of the deceptions that happen in the United Nations because there's many that are really really troubling I can tell you more about that later and we equip them with talking points and and all the information they need to help stand for the family life protection of religious freedom and especially parental rights which are really under assault at the United Nations that's amazing. And I love that you say that, you know, you're a mother first, because I think 
I'm sure both of you ladies feel the same way, but that's what gives us our, our heart and soul in the work is we do it for our families and for other people's families in general. And so I love that you shared that. Yeah, absolutely. Can I just say one thing to build on that? I actually got a phone call from one of the diplomats from an African country yesterday. And she herself, she said to me, this is more than a job. She said, I care deeply about these issues. And I had no idea that the family was under assault and my values were under assault. And basically, she said, you can count on me. You know, this. there's so many good people, I'd like to say, all across the world in all you know parts of government, but also at the United Nations who are standing in their government positions for what's right. That's awesome. That's very, very inspiring. And so good to hear. It's encouraging to know that, that other people are standing in this fight as well. So tell us a little bit about how you got started at, with Family Watch International, how you got to the UN. Tell us a little of that story. Well, if you would have told me that I would be doing what I do now, I would have told you, you were taking some kind of drug. I don't know. This was something I never expected to do. And through a series of circumstances in 2000, I found myself at the United Nations at a negotiating session. And I was told to monitor what was going on with any issues about the family or family issues. And my paper remained blank. I heard kind of all this radical feminist, sexual rights, all these things being promoted by different representatives of governments across the world. And then all of a sudden, a UN diplomat raised her hand and said, I think we need to put in a protection here for religious and cultural values. And you would have thought that she dropped a bomb in the room. You know, it was silent. Everybody started attacking her. That was the first sane thing I heard. And yet everybody was attacking her. And then I started shaking because the night before, I had been given this this pamphlet that had all the excerpts out of past UN documents on our side on protection of religion and family and parental rights. And I had read it and I had started. And I knew I had the exact citation she needed to defend her position. So I nervously snuck and got my bag. I put it to the right page. I snuck behind her and I put it on her lap. And as she was fighting the argument, all of a sudden she looked down and she saw she had the very citations she needed and she raised her hand, read them off and the room was silent and she won the argument. And so she asked for a yes. in the hallway and she said, who are you? You know, and, and I was just a mom, right? With no knowledge, no experience of the United Nations or policy issues, but a mom who happened to be at the right time, at the right place, with the right tool that could impact a policy that could affect families worldwide. And that thought astounded me. It, it, it changed my life. I thought, if I can stumble into a room and happen to have this tool, what if I learned more? What if I brought smarter people than me to the United Nations and pulled them in? What if we started this organization and and pushed it forward and brought in moms and dads and grandmas and youth and lawyers and teachers and doctors and nurses that could address the different issues that come up at the United Nations. And we started doing that. And we started seeing the same attacks on the family and on the innocence of children over and over and over and over again. So we started creating tools. The government started responding. They wanted us to start training them because they started using our talking points. 
And that's what started our Global Family Policy Forums. And my whole trajectory of my life changed. And you know, a lot of them wanted us to come to their countries. So now we're in Africa, we're in the Caribbean, we go to different countries, we go to Islamic countries, and we're invited across the world. You know, surprisingly, you know, this is not what we expected to do to inform, you know, the highest uh, highest levels of government and par- parliamentarians, because they are thirsty for the knowledge and understanding of what this fight is about. They want to avoid the deceptions. They want to protect their children. They want to protect their families. That is so powerful. I just, like sitting here, I have goosebumps, you know, just how what you said is so true. You know, if you have a willing heart, somehow God puts you at the right place at the right time with the right tools. And and it dawns on you that just one individual can make such a difference when you walk through these scary doors, you know, like take opportunities and just think, what if uh, my gifts and my talents and my willingness were to be used for a greater purpose? And I think that's so courageous of you. And it's so inspiring. And I think when you also said the word thirsty, that, you know, governments and, and leaders are thirsty for, for the information and the tools to better engage in this I think that's very encouraging and that's very true. We've seen the same thing as well with uh, grassroots leaders and nonprofit leaders, you know, and our part of the work that they are thirsty for that. And I think how awesome it is that we get to collaborate with so many people in this manner that everyone's bringing their contributions to the table and you don't feel like you have to do it all by yourself and all alone, you know? It's really awesome to see. It's really inspiring. Sharon, what would you say are some of the most pressing issues that you're seeing now, currently? I would say the number one issue we face everywhere, in every state, in the United States, in every country, in Africa, in the Caribbean, in Islamic countries, you know, every country of the world, almost every UN negotiation that we participate in that has to do with social issues at all is the insidious, intentional, indoctrination and sexualization of children. They indoctrinate them through this comprehensive sexuality education into a worldview. They try to separate them through this program methodically from their parents and their family's values and then change them into radical sexual and abortion rights activists actually advocating against the values of their family or their culture or their religion. And this is being funded by multiple European countries. Right now, it's being funded also by the Biden administration. It really matters who is in the White House. It's being funded across the US right now through four federal funding streams, this comprehensive sexuality education. It's the number one tool, again, to change, radically change societies by bringing up the next generation and changing their worldview through this comprehensive sexuality education. And I think so many parents are waking up to this. I think even if if you are just like, you know, live and let live, like whatever, that's fine. Like you do you kind of an attitude. So many of those people are now recognizing, wait a second, like why is this being forced down my throat? Like why is this 
like you said, it's an insidious, well-calculated and well-funded machine. And I think so many more people today, average, you know, citizens are waking up to the realization that this is way bigger, that this truly is an architected, like, program um, that has just been drafted and meticulously plotted out agenda, you know, that it's not just this, this idea that, you know, it's about love and the way that so many messages were shared in the past, I think a lot of people now are recognizing that it's much bigger than that. And so I think that in states that have been very taken over by comprehensive sexuality education, like I have several friends that, that have moved here to this, you know, my state because they, they call themselves like refugees, like political refugees with this being at the forefront of the issue that has made them literally leave their state. And so you're exactly right. And it's, it's mind blowing to see how pervasive it is. You know, like you said, in every state, in every part of the world, I have a follow up question. Why is that? Why is this part of the agenda? What are your insights there? Well, I don't have the perfect answer. It's kind of a multifaceted answer, but it's it's almost like all these different special interest groups have come together on this. You have the environmentalists who believe there's too many people in the world, and there's a huge push for everything that ends in sterility through comprehensive sexual education. There's so-called family planning. They push contraceptives. They push abortion. They push homosexuality, which is, of course, sterile sex, and they push transgenderism, which someone who goes on to have surgeries and hormones, they're going to lose their ability to have children. So it's this kind of, you know, population control agenda that's, and, and the environmentalists who believe there's too many people. Then there's those who are just already bought into these lifestyles who maybe uh, have already had abortions or already had the surgeries or already in, you know, these radical sexual sexually addictive lifestyles, and they want to bring the whole world into it, then you have the pharmaceutical companies that are making a lot of money. You know, once somebody has, you know, become, once you sexualize a child, they can be a customer for life where they're going to need condoms, contraceptives, abortion. We know they're even selling aborted body parts for for money of, of, of aborted babies. You know, you've got now they're pushing like the HPV vaccine. And, you know, we don't take really strong positions on vaccine, but they're, they're distributing it, you know, all throughout Africa, whereas in the developed countries, you know, most parents would say, wait, what, why are you giving my child this? What, why do they need this? They only need this if they're sexually active. And even if they're sexually active, this can be caught early. It can be solved really quickly. You know, why are, why are they forcing even this, these chemicals, you know, vaccinations onto these these children you know there's just there's just a lot of money tied up into it even comprehensive sexuality education itself is a huge industry you know there's 101 million dollars just in the u.s that's allocated every year through four four funding streams well that's just one of the funding streams in the u.s to get this to to children everywhere in the u.s so then there's just kind of it's almost like a religion for those who are sexual rights activists. Some of them actually believe that children are sexual from birth, 
that they need to be liberated from their parents' values and their religious values, which restrict their freedom to sexual pleasure. Most of these programs have an obsessive focus on sexual pleasure. In fact, Planned Parenthood Federation is really the main organization at the head of all this. They have 160, you know, I, I guess you call them member associations in different states. They say they have 65,000 service points across the world where they can sell all these different services. But they actually also create a lot of philosophy that people adhere to or the sexual rights religion, if you, if you might call it. They have books. Their, their declaration on sexual rights actually says that children are entitled to sexual pleasure and knowing and having different forms of sexual pleasure is important to their health and well-being. We're talking children. I mean, this is a quote directly out of their Exclaim publication. You can look it up, Exclaim International Planned Parenthood Federation. And if you want a, a lot of proof of this, I know it may sound radical and crazy if you're hearing this for the first time. You know, I was shocked when I started coming upon all this information. So we've been documenting, documenting, documenting. And you can go to, we have two websites. Our main website is familywatch.org. But then our website that anchors all the proof and the analysis of all these sex education programs, you can go to Stop CSE. And CSE stands for Comprehensive Sexuality Education. So you can go to stopcse.org. And if you click on Materials Exposed, you will see a big long list of links of actual programs you can click on. You can see our harm analysis where we just put the quotes in the right columns for the 15 harmful elements we've identified that are in these programs. And you can see for yourself who their publisher is, who's funding it, which government, which UN agency, how Planned Parenthood is involved in each of those. That's on the left-hand side. On the right-hand side, you'll see all the programs you can link to and find all that information for the U.S. programs and including the federally funded programs in the U.S. That is just mind-blowing. Dana, don't you think? It's just, as a parent, you hear that and it just makes your skin crawl that there are people in the world that mm -hmm. think that children have a sexual right from birth. I mean, it's... You know, as a parent, our first and foremost job on this planet is to protect our children. And clearly we know of their innocence. The, the fact that they're children means that they're not mature. Like if you look, if you just look at sexuality, just even in plants, like you don't pry open a little rosebud, you know, things have to mature and develop. That's part of our biological, you know. Right. The before it's pollinated. I like, I like that analogy. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just it's a, the destruction of that beautiful little potential blossom. But you can't do that. Like, that's just a horrific, abusive, you know, violence. It's a violation. And even in all biological laws, you know, you don't do that. And then to turn around, clearly, I'm really interested in, in the industry, the, the money that's being generated because also if you confuse a child with what their identity is and you're pumping them with one hormone and then trying this surgery and then reversing this and that, you do have customers for life. And so it's just the pharmaceutical companies, the curriculum, the abortion, 
this and that. It's just layers. And so you're just sucking people dry of every single thing that they, who they are essentially and all for profit. Well, it's really. And, and what you said, Carolina, can you imagine being dependent upon a hormone that you have to take every month to just maintain your so-called gender for the rest of your life? I mean, and what if it becomes unavailable, which has happened in some cases? What if you're in a rural, you know, African or very undeveloped country somewhere? You know, how are you going to get all this and, and supposedly realize your gender and sexual rights? And, you know, it's, it's absurd. You know, in these countries where people can't even get enough clean water or shelter or basic medical care, and this is what they are pushing on their children. I mean, I hate to say this, but... You know, if you go on our website, you look at the Zimbabwe out of school comprehensive sexuality education. Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe, Africa. They're teaching children as young as 10 all these sexual patterns about voyeurism, exhibitionism, bestiality, pederasty. Mm -hmm. They have the children have to look through all these different, I mean, there's like 20 different sexual patterns. I mean, this is sexual abuse. It's and abuse. You, know, you know whose logos are on that manual? Um, UNFPA, United Nations Fund for Population Activity. I think it's, I might get a couple of these countries wrong, but there's like four European countries. I think it's France. I think it was Switzerland, might be Ireland, but you can go look because we have that all there. And, but interestingly, it also has the European Commission of the European Union's logo on it. And it also has Gavi. You may remember Tony Anthony Fauci. He is part of Gavi, which is like a vaccine, I don't know, association or conglomeration that's pushing vaccines across the world. So they're, the, I guess, the component on that that's going to push HPV vaccine on these children. But I mean, can you imagine the power behind that program with all of those logos on it? I mean, that is, it's, it's, it's literally insane, you know. And that program, again, is one that you can read and you can watch how they step-by-step step take children away from their parental values. Yeah. And they do it like this. I'll just tell you really quickly. What they do is they say, oh, they tell the parents, we're going to help your children strengthen their values and stand by the values. And that the parents are all excited because they're thinking, you know, their religious and cultural values. But no, they tell the children, guess what? You know, there's something called values and it's what you believe and what you feel strongly. And guess what? There's different values on different things all across the world. Like in some countries, people think masturbation is good in, in their religion and other religions, they might think it's not good or healthy or some religions think this. And so they do kind of moral relativism or sexual relativism with the kids. And then they tell them, you can have your own values. In fact, you need to decide what they are. And then they say they can be different than your parents. And then they say, and then there's these universal values that everybody believes in, and they're called human rights. And this is something, you know, that should be your values, right? And then they take them through sexual reproductive health and rights, and then sexual rights. And in order to have sexual rights, you have sexual knowledge. In order to have sexual knowledge, you need to know all these patterns of sexual behaviors, or else you're not realizing your sexual rights or, or your right to education. And it's just this methodical thing. And you know, the 15 harmful elements that we have found are normally in these programs. We score each program against these 15 harmful elements. The last one, number 15, is they turn the children into 
radical sexual and reproductive rights advocates. So then they bring these children, they'll even pay, bring them to the United Nations and say, this is what the youth want. We have to listen to the youth voice. They'll bring them to school board meetings in the US or anywhere in the world or state legislatures or parliaments. And then they, you know, they feed these youth that they radicalize into the system to push these things as mandatory laws and policies everywhere. It's so sneaky. It's just incredible. So sneaky. I I would love to hear then, you know, we've talked about all of this garbage that's happening and how our families are at risk and our children are struggling in this environment. But I bet you have some incredible stories of success and progress. I mean, one I think I read from your newsletter recently was about the Malawi youth who kicked Planned Parenthood out of a meeting. I would love to hear some more of those. Well, we are actually trying to find her and we're going to be working with her and um, recruit her to our Empowered Youth Coalition. You know, she set the standard. You know, children just need to say no. And that's where parents and mothers and fathers come in. You know, we no longer live in a world where we can protect our children from all pornography or from all this radicalization. They're they're receiving it through music, through through school, through, you know, everything that they come in contact with pretty much on social media, on the internet. And so we've got to immunize our children against this by helping them understand the threats, understand who's behind it, understand where this goes. One of the things we do is we started something called the Empowered Youth Coalition. And you can go to empoweredyouthcoalition.org and we're creating quizzes, you know, educational quizzes that teach children the truth. When children are told, let's take the transgender issue, for example, where children are told, you know, you can choose any gender, you can be non-binary, you can be multiple genders called pan-gender, you can be bi-gender. And then these children start down this road if you show youth in advance the end road to that, you know, losing their fertility, sterile for life, many of them lose their sexual functioning, many after the surgeries end up, we've got multiple videos. In fact, if you go to transgenderissues.org, we have about 30 videos you can watch on the surgeries, on the hormones, on the puberty blockers. We've got people who've regretted this and how they've been maimed for life and you know, if we just teach children the truth, the medical and scientific facts about these things, I think children are very capable of making good choices. There's even a movement, I think the detransitioning movement, where they said, you know, I was suffering from these mental health challenges and I thought this was going to fix it. And it's not only made it, you know, it's made it exponentially worse. And now I have my same challenge that I had before and now with all these other additional real physical issues like people having heart attacks and infertility you talked about and that was never disclosed and and now like you said I think there's a lot of people waking up to the reality but Dana I love what you said that there are youth standing up and saying wait a second wait a second here that the distrust is growing and I think that that is something that Big Ocean Women, we talk all the time about intuition and about gut feeling. And and there's something wrong happening. And I think everyone can feel it. Everyone can feel that we are getting taken advantage of and that there's something else going on. And I think that once we have that kind of there's something wrong about this feeling and we acknowledge it, 
then we can go, we're now prepared to go and learn more. And so stopcsc.org is a great place to learn firsthand, you know, like actually look at the language in these programs and look who's funding it. And your eyes will be opened to the industry and the agenda that is really swindling all of us. It really is, like you said, Dana, it's sneaky. And go listen to these detransitioners and go and understand about their experiences. And, and then we gather all that education. And then, Dana, what can we do? Sharon, what can we do as mothers and as parents to, to make sure that that connection to our children and the rising generation is strong and that they have the tools they need? You know, Dan, I don't think I really answered your question. I got off on a tangent because you said, what are some examples of, of you know, you, and you gave the example of this wonderful youth in Malawi. Well, we have youth all across Africa who are infiltrating all the meetings of the people, the UN and all those groups that are pushing these and coming in and saying, no, this is not what we want. No. And then they're actually recruiting the youth away from these programs, which is That's really awesome. awesome. We, if you go to stopcsc.org, we have a documentary. It's called The War on Children, The Comprehensive Sexuality Education Agenda. That is the best tool that you can give a parent or anybody. We have used that to stop comprehensive sexuality education multiple times in policies at the United Nations, in countries, even in states in the U.S. and districts. You just send that documentary across the world to as many people as you can. It's free. It's in multiple languages. At, by request, we have translated it into 14 languages. It's gone into all these different countries by moms and dads that are, are concerned and, and they're using it to stop comprehensive sexuality education successfully. And then we actually have a defender's toolkit on that website that has about 20 tools, in, even a stop CSC action plan, a proven plan. The other thing people can do is they can even start protect, you know, we have protect Kenya children coalition, we have a protect Arizona children coalition, if there's not a protect children coalition named in your state or your country, you can actually contact us and start one and we start with the petition that they can spread to warn people spread the documentary, but there's a lot people can do even just from home. But the number one thing you need to do to protect your children is go to your school right now because comprehensive sexuality education is called many different names it can be called sexual and reproductive health education family life skills so don't be deterred when they tell you oh we're teaching this wonderful sexual health program or it has a you've got to get a hold of the curriculum you've got to see exactly what is being taught who is teaching it what are the supplementary materials and videos what are the websites that they're sending children to from those programs? Is it integrated into different subjects? Is it a standalone subject? Are they bringing in planned parented experts or people like them to come in and indoctrinate your children while the teacher leaves the classroom? And then they do all this um, harmful stuff to your children. That's the number one defense is find out what is happening at your school. And if you find something offensive, go to the Stop CSD website and go through the tools and start with the stop CSD action plan and it'll take you step by step it even gives you talking points to use at a board meeting in your school or wherever you need to be 
a lot of model things that you could use. So yeah, there's lots of tools. Parents can do a lot. I've seen moms, I've seen dads, I've seen grandparents stop comprehensive sexuality education for the whole United Nations at a time. I've seen them do it. Just one person stop it in the state, in, the, in a school board. One person is so, so powerful. That's so encouraging. I'm so thankful for you, Sharon. Thank you for compiling this and for making this available for us and and sharing it throughout the world. I hope that a lot of our listeners will will choose to look at that and take some action. Are there any other tips or advice that you have that you'd like to share with us today? Yes, I guess the number two thing I would say is just be aware, become aware, educate yourself, find all the information you can we offer a lot of educational materials on our website. I know Big Ocean Women has a lot of wonderful educational materials. But if you also go to familywatch.org, if you sign up for free for our free newswire, you'll get news on all the different issues that are coming around the world on these issues. You don't have to read it. You don't have to click on every, you know, everything and read it in depth. You can just in five minutes read through the titles and just become aware of what the fight is about, who's winning the fight, you know, what kind of successes are being had, what kind of, you know, attacks there are. And then you can also watch our webinars, which we have that are posted on our website. You could watch the seven series webinar on Planned Parenthood, and it'll take you through all their plans and all their strategies. If you know their strategies and what they're trying to do, then you as a parent, you're going to be much more aware of how to stop them and immunize your children against them. Yeah, I didn't know about your webinars. I, I'm gonna have to look that up, but I've been subscribed to the Newswire for years and love being able to look through that. And in such a quick minute, just be informed about the issues around the world. That's been really helpful in keeping me up to date in what's going on. So thank I'm you, so glad the way it's compiled. Ditto, I have to echo that. And I love what you said about immunizing your children, because I think one of the saddest things that I've seen is when mothers and fathers don't feel like they can influence their children, like they've lost that power. And I often say that through all of our love and kindness and prayers and our sacrifices that we make for our children, we have like a spiritual umbilical cord that's tethered to them. So no matter how far away we may think they are, we still always have that influence. And when you go out and you learn about the attacks, the very strategic attacks on the family, what at Big Ocean Women we really want to drive home is that we can reframe those challenges and we can use that knowledge and information to have heart-to-heart -heart conversations in the sanctity and, and the safety of our homes with our children that um, we can talk to them about their, you know, the value that they have as mothers and fathers. And we can talk about reproduction. We can talk about sex. We can talk about all of these things that, you know, other people would have us outsource to more professional people, but that we can share those things in a very personal way and in a way that really honors our value system and that we can strengthen our children to be able to, you know, understand and then also stand for their values when they um, are faced with challenges. And so I love that idea of immunization and that that kind of strength that happens in the home with parents who know, with mothers who are informed, 
and then they can reframe all of that ugly stuff and they they can have intentional conversations with their children that can arm them and immunize them against all of these challenges. So I want us to end on that note because I think that we have so much power. We really do. And the work that we do within the walls of our home is is sacred and the sacrifices we make are for naught. They're not for naught. Like they are all of the love that we pour into our children that that can in turn make it so that when we speak that they will listen and that that those messages will sink deep in their hearts in a very profound way. So I I think that that's a great way to you know to share this information with any mother out there that might be listening that the work you do, you know, even with your kids being little and all of the work you do inside inside your home that that it's it's filling them up, you know, and when the time comes that you can have these conversations and that they will sink deep into your children's hearts and they will really impact them and influence them. You know, what you just said, Carolina, I think is so important. You know, the sexuality of a child or a person is, it's such a powerful, amazing, sacred, important, wonderful thing, right? And it's something that children need to understand how important it is, how precious it is. We know when somebody messes with a child prematurely with their sexuality, how damaging it can be. But we also know the wonderful power that that is to create life. And when it's used in the proper manner between, you know, in a marriage between a man and a woman, we teach children that wonderful part of them that they need to protect as a sacred special part about them. I think that empowers them. You know, I have a, actually a chapter, the last chapter of my book, Stand for the Family, and I'm happy to give it to anybody electronically for free if they want it. It is called Immunizing Your Children Against Assault. And we take most of our positions based, well, all of our positions, I should say, based on social science data, medical facts. We don't use religious arguments. So we actually show you studies of how you impact your children when you have family dinner every night. If you take one night a week to spend time with your children, if you take one-on-one time with your children, the, the, the amazing impact children are less likely, girls especially, to be sexually active if they have a good, strong relationship with their father. There's a lot of things, just spending time with our children that can immunize them, just our influence and our power and our love, like you said, which can continue through the generations. That's that's kind of how you started this podcast and the importance of generational impact, that impact that we have on our children will continue for generations to come. The last thing I, I want to say is I have a daughter who has twin two-year-olds and a three-year-old. Boys, all three boys, okay? Oh. They live in my basement, and they are handful. They are difficult. You know, you only when I try to help take care of them, I only have two hands, and they have six, right? <laughs> it's, it's hard, and she has such hard, hard days, and I always tell her, what you're doing is the most important work in the world. You are forming the character and the, the brain development and, and everything in these beautiful, beautiful children. Who knows where, where they will end up, you know, who they will be. 
and and this influence that you have will continue for generations to come and it's worth it it's worth every minute every dirty diaper every tantrum when they're all, all three melting down and throwing tantrums it's just part of life it's it's worth it our children need us they need our time and that's my message I love it. Thank you for coming full circle with that generational impact. Truly, it's everything you say, everything you said, and all you're doing is really so important. And it all starts there, you know, with that generational impact we can have. And it's through our children and families. Thanks so much for sharing with us and spending this time, Sharon, and all of the work that you're doing. Just remarkable. We're so grateful for, for you and for all that you have brought to the table and all that you're contributing. You're amazing. Thanks for having me. And thanks for all that Big Ocean Women is doing and you, Carolina, and you, Dana, with these podcasts and all the information you're trying to get or you are spreading out through the waves throughout the world. Um, I'm just grateful for the good that you're doing. So thank you. And thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, thank you. I just want to remind our listeners that we would love for you to join us in one of our waves, or you're welcome to get in touch with us to start your own wave in whatever community you're in. We need everybody to be involved at whatever level you feel capable of. We want you to be a part of Big Ocean Women. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. We are each one powerful drop in a big ocean of change. Join us in one of our local chapters, Waves, or Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post. Editing and production is by Fifth East Productions. Please join us again next week for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas and about people who are trying to make a difference in their communities.